This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me, as usual, are Jim Spence and Ian Roach. Well, gentlemen, the Betfred Cup's got exciting, isn't it? I know that maybe, maybe, maybe Betfred themselves aren't best pleased that uh, the likes of Celtic and Aberdeen have dropped out. But from this this part of the world, I think we've we've every right to get a wee bit excited. Certainly, it's maybe, I don't know. Would you think, Jim, it's a shame that our two teams drew each other, or are you of the sort of the perspective that at least one of them will, one of them will be in the in the semi-final, St. Johnson, Dunf- sorry, Dunfermline, St. Johnson. I'm talking about. Well, the, the first thing to say, Eric, is it, to, for me, it's the tie of the quarters. Um, mm-hmm. It's a terrific. Uh, yeah, it just looks a, a fabulous tie um, to me, you know. Um, and I think that uh, it's one that I was, I was going to say it's one that I'm looking forward to seeing. It obviously we'll have to tune into Pars TV to, to to see it, unless, of course, the highlights are on on, on BBC or something like that or, or, or wherever. Um, but um, no, I mean, I think it's just you know you, these are times you just want to see great football, and I think this looks. I mean, Saints to me. No doubt we'll talk more about Saints in a moment or two, but Saints to me really look like a side that's starting to flower, uh, as are Dunfermline. You know, there were times when I covered Dunfermline last season where they played some smashing football, but they ended up on the, on the wrong side of results. And Stevie Crawford sometimes just looked a man that was, you know, I don't mean under pressure, but just you know, wondering, wondering yeah, where he, he could get his results from. I think from. he might have been. I think he might have been under pressure for a way. Well, you know, he went on some. Some mm-hmm. they were either feast or famine, weren't they? They yeah, had some great they, runs, but they had they some were, terrible but, ones as well. But they've turned it around dramatically, you know. And and they're not just, you know, not not only are they kind of doing brilliantly in the championship, they're also playing some really good football. They're quick, they're athletic, they're smart. Uh, you know, they knock the ball about really well, uh, keep good possession. All of the things that, that you would expect, frankly, from a, from a team playing a level above. So you know, uh, Dunfermline in great form. Saints, I think, as I said, are flowering. I mean, it's it, it's really intriguing. This, I mean. I, I might turn my attention to I don't know for Saturday's column. I mean, Tommy Tommy Wright left um, Callum Davidson a great squad to work with. And Callum we'll Davidson, that, I think, is we? now yeah. taking him into another level. So I think it looks like a great tie. You know, I mean, I'm, you know, one will go out. That's the nature of the beast. That's the nature of cup football. It's just great, I think, to see two of them paired together. And Ian, just before we move on, we'll, we'll, we'll get into details about what sort of the strengths of of. Of both our teams, there not not necessarily for who will win the Betfred Cup because a lot of, a Betfred Cup tie because a lot can change before the middle of December, but just in terms of what's what's going right for them, but in terms of the actual you know the the makeup of the last day, I mean, listen, it, you know I saw some some sort of uh, you know tweets that were saying oh is it the worst draw you've ever seen and all the rest of it. I mean, what just because we don't have the big hitters in for a change for <laughs> me, it's the most intriguing draw we've had for a good while. What about you, Ian? Yeah, it is. Um obviously Rangers are, are the are the firm favourites for the cup now, but you never you know what could if, happen. If St Martin put them out, dearie me, they would really, well, have, they would really have a competition, wouldn't we? Aye, we do. I, and there's a history, isn't there? There's a history of uh what you would call maybe surprise winners of the, the League Cup going back maybe mm-hmm. a decade or two. Now, um, in the as for as for St Johnson's St Johnson's tie, they've got they've got a tough it's a tough game for them. Uh, I did see I did see Dunfermline on Saturday. Got a lot about them. They're also going extremely well. I mean you want to look at their, their, their record for this season. That's enough to give you pause for thought. Yeah it is. Um Dunfermline, right good team with uh, a lot of good attacking players and uh so it'll be fascinating, but it is open, isn't it? And it's a nice short tournament. I always find that about the Betfred. It's nice and short, just a few wins, and suddenly you're in the quarters, you're in the, you're in the yeah. semis. 
Um, and you never know where it can go. Uh, I remember, uh, well, it seems just what, a couple of weeks ago now, it was up at Peterhead. I remember saying that to Callum Davidson, you know, you never know where he could end up in this yeah. in this tournament. Mm-hmm. Just in a few weeks' time, and and you're sitting, you're sitting, going, we could be going to, we could be going to Hamden here for a for a semi final. You never know. So yeah, it does have that. It does have that. It just seems to be nice and punchy, nice and short and sharp. And suddenly, before you know it, you, you you've got teams in a cup final, and it's great. Yeah, Jim, I I, I was at uh, for Park for. For Saints against Motherwell there, and I described it as you know there there have been a lot of good performances from St Johnston this season, but you know all too often they've kind of you know they've been unlucky in a lot of them, but you know a couple of things, you know the end product's not been there. I describe this as their best win of the season, usually just from the point of view that away wins are generally better than home wins, aren't they? Because mm-hmm. of you know for obvious reasons. And this was against a side that let's face it, I mean I think Motherwell are a top six side, or if they're not. They're not, they're not far off it, you know, two Scotland internationals, Tony Wall, all, all the rest of it. And Saints thoroughly, thoroughly deserve it. I mean, Stephen Robinson was not a happy man at the, the end. He's, you know, he, he wasn't a happy man during the game, actually, you know, mm-hmm. but to, to, to come back from, from going behind two great goals, we'll speak about Michael Hallen in a wee bit and he's changed the position, but do you agree it was the, it was the, the I thought, actually, I thought, <laughs> I thought the, the Hibs result, I thought that was going to be their best result of the season when if they didn't quite hold on but you know a tr- tremendous week and for me that that motherwell one has taken it's taken them to a new level well i i think um combination of things eric one you know to to, to go a goal behind after i think it was 61 minutes you know the mm-hmm. Tony Watt goal and, and they replied fairly quickly you know i mean i think they were just before seven or eight minutes or something uh, like yeah, that seven or eight yeah. minutes in, and then Wotherspoon, you know kind of 15, 13, 14, 15 minutes from the end, uh, whatever it was. I mean, I think that, you know, that, that, particularly at Fur Park, where they are a good side. Motherwell have kind of been a bit inconsistent this season, but they are a good side. They've got players on that, that side that can hurt, particularly Tony Watt, you know, but they've got a lot of very decent players in there. Um, and I think that's why I come back to what I said earlier on. I think we're really now starting to see the flowering of St. Johnson, not just in a, a playing sense, because they're playing actually some really good stuff, you know, Um they're also, I think there's a hardness about them. I think they, 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 they've they not got a big squad. It's not a big squad. It's a tight squad. I think the squad works well together. There's more changes well again there, Jim. I mean, they are getting injuries, but, you know, they're coping with them, which is... Well, they're coping with is... them, Eric. That's right. I mean, that, that's always a danger. I mean, that's, you know, you, you face that kind of... It's always a sort of Damocles with, with a football club. You're on a big squad. You can't keep everyone happy. You're on a small squad. You're in danger of kind of guys, you know... You know, being tired, injured, a combination of things as the season wears on. Um, but if you can keep, you know, if you can keep a small squad, uh, you know, relatively injury free and, and you're not overloading them too much, then uh, what St. Johnson are doing now, I think, is proving <clears throat> that it's, it's a good idea. Um, and I think they really are start to flower quite dramatically. I mean, I think, you know, the, the front three, you said it before, you know, Henry, O'Halloran, uh, May up front. If these, if these three are on song and then in the midfield, well, we, you know, we've talked about McCann now until we're blue in the face. Only a matter of time, I think, before someone... Uh, Makes a bid for, for the laddie, you know, but Wotherspoon in the team, you know, Craig, Liam Craig, I'm a big Liam Craig fan. There's just lots and lots about that team that is really good to be placed about. And I think to go down to Motherwell, go a goal down, on the, you know, on the hour mark when a lot of teams are saying, oh, no, we put a lot in this game, we get nothing back out of it. And then to reply with two goals and going to win it, I think, it, you know, signifies whether it's the best result this season or not. I mean, I thought, you know, uh, Hibs was decent too. That'll be... Uh, 
this always happens, doesn't it, when you're when you're in live broadcasting? <laughs> just, but um, just ignore it, Jim. I, ignore I, it. <laughs> 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 it's all part. It's all part of the rich tapestry of the, the podcast. Yeah. No. I mean, I think whether it's their best result of the season um, it, it's hard to say. I mean, it's certainly a brilliant result, and uh, and to be honest with you, the way they're playing, I expect many more this season. Ian, I'm, you know, I'm intrigued to see what you're taking on Michael Halloran is because I he was the man of the match for for Saints on uh, on Saturday. He's just he's He's played wing-back, and his first game playing wing-back, right wing-back, was up at Peterhead. Now, in this this game, Motherwell just simply, they just couldn't cope with his pace. He just, it was, it just, Saints managed to get him in the sort of positions where he just had a 1v1 with Ricky Lamy, more often than not, and he went by him as if he wasn't there, and he's, he's he was in, the, he was banging the mood. It was like the Michael O'Halloran of, you know, maybe even going back to, you know, 2015, that sort, of, that sort of time, you know, uh, 2014, 2015, just direct, but the end product was there as well. It's going to be an intriguing one to see how he, how Callum keeps, you know, because Danny McNamara has been fantastic in that role. I don't imagine he'll, he'll I think you want to keep O'Halloran in the team, but you want to get Danny McNamara in, in, a, in again as well. How did O'Halloran look in the wing-back role when you saw him up at Peterhead? Uh, sorry, Eric, I was distracted there. I was just phoning Jim see if he was in. Um, anyway, <laughs> no, listen, he did. He's, he's great. And what you've got to do is you've got to utilise his pace. You could use it. Yeah. You could use his pace from that position, but it's better further, for, for really further forward, I think. Um, that's, what, uh, that's what Saints should aim to do. Is to, is to use them because they've got a great a great asset there uh, in O'Halloran. I mean, the, the two assists, wasn't it? The both both yeah, assists. Yeah, I mean, he must be he must be one of the quickest from a standing start in the in the Premiership, mustn't he, Ian? Yeah. Oh, yes, without a doubt. I think what you've got is you've got a kind of almost a parallel to be drawn there with uh, likes of Stevie May, in that I think St. Johnson um, can just get the best out of these two players. They've gone elsewhere. You know, they've seen the bright lights of uh, the other clubs. They've come back home, and I think I think Saints are Saints are getting the best because they know them. The, the players are feel comfortable there. They'll feel nice and happy. And uh, I think I think O'Halloran will, will kick on. And he's not the only one, is he? I mean, there's a, there's a there's a range of players. I mean, I'm noticing again my uh, weekly shout out to uh, Wotherspoon. Your spoonie, your spoonie slot on the uh, on the pod on the podcast. He yes. is, uh, yes, I do think he's having an incredible season. He, he really is. is. He is, and um, I'll keep saying it until until he stops playing well, which I hope never <laughs> happens. Uh, so, no, listen, your original question. Yeah, he, he, listen, he provided he provided pace. He provided uh, you know he helped things there from that position. I would just think that you can imagine him playing it. I mean, we've seen it before, uh, maybe a Patodre or a Celtic Park or an Easter Road, I suppose. And you get the best out of him with his pace just a wee bit further up the park, I think. I'll tell you, Eric, I'm interested to see, you know, as the weeks progress and once Melamed gets kind of match, match sharpness, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to fitness, because he's a fit boy, obviously, but match sharpness another thing entirely, both mentally and physically. I'll be interested to see... Um, just how much pressure he puts on others and how much he develops uh, yeah. himself. Because, because that's he come- Callum Henry back in the mix yeah. now that he's got a goal from open play, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that that's an interesting one. And all of a sudden, as I say, small squad, but if you can keep them, if you can keep them fit, um, all of a sudden it's a small squad, but a small squad with real quality by the looks of it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's emerging now that Stevie May is his number one, you know, for mm-hmm. a, for the 
for the one sort of May number nine, if you like. And he's, he drops him. He can drop him back a bit sometimes if he wants. But you know the others have. You know if 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 he's going to be playing one strike, one out and out striker, it's it's more than likely to be Stevie May. But the others have got to make an impact when they get the chance. I I, I think the you know I mean I kind of wonder for a moment. I'm glad to see that out of football that false number nine uh, Gizmo has has disappeared. You know I wonder if you could have played him in here. But I mean I think the thing is Callum Davidson I think is is proving that he's a very adept young manager. He spots things quick, quickly. He can change things quickly. He's prepared to. I think be quite inventive, and, and I like the way Saints are playing. They, they are, um, you know, they, they play with a, a wee bit of verve, a wee bit of kind of um, attack mindedness about them, and, and they've got players capable of doing that. I mean, we all worried about the goals. I think early in the season, where were the goals coming from? Because mm-hmm. they certainly weren't getting the reward for the for the, the the outfield play, what it merited. But, um, you know, to go down to Motherwell, score two, having come back from one, I think indicates that potentially, and, and you know, who knows where they might go in, in, in this cup, then I think that a very decent season lies ahead for them. Well, Ian, it's 10 games unbeaten, which is a, a joint record for Saints as a top fight club. You know, it's they're obviously not all league games, but, you know, that's the, it's, the, it's the longest unbeaten record when they've been a, a Premier League or a Premiership or whatever you want to call it, club. So that in itself is impressive. <laughs> to get to, they haven't lost since they played Celtic, which is which they shouldn't have lost that game as well. Mm-hmm. And now they've got Celtic coming up again on Sunday. <laughs> now listen, we're hostages to fortune as far as uh, who the who the manager will be on Sunday. At the moment, it still looks like it's been Neil, Neil Lennon, but we're recording this before uh, Celtic play in the Europa League. So who knows? They could be if they take another heavy one there. You just you just don't know what the situation is, but at this moment in time, you would give them a great chance, wouldn't you? Ian? Well, there's going to be two scenarios, isn't there? I can't, I, I can't see there being a super quick appointment. So you'll either have uh, Neil Lennon still in place, or they won't have a manager. What about John uh, I, Kennedy? I yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but not not a kind of full time. This is the guy yeah. that's going to take us to ten or all kind of manager, you know. So. Um, there's a vulnerability there. I also think, uh, but maybe, maybe everybody knows this. But Celtic, I mean, Celtic. Look, there's there's a there's a half the team anyway. Look as if they've chucked it. That's yeah. that's not that's not saying anything. Now that could change if if uh, Neil Lennon goes. It's maybe a personal thing between the players, or maybe they're just. I'm fed not up so sure being... it will actually, and I think that, no? you know, I think I think they've lost their mojo. Yeah, I think so as well. I think it's all gone flat. It's all gone flat. There's there's so many of them look like they'd rather be anywhere else rather than Celtic Park, despite the the privileged position that they're in as footballers. Um, but there you go. So there's a vulnerability there now. Look at Ross County. I, I listened to uh, you know, I listened to some of the coverage before that game, and it was oh well, it's a perfect perfect chance for Celtic to get back yeah. on song. And, and suddenly, look at Ross County, no form at all going into that into that game. Now you've got a team in St Johnson who has. You've just listed it. A fabulous, uh, fabulous run of form. Um, they, they've just, they've just got a brilliant away result uh, at Motherwell, and it's it's uh, the feel good factor there for them. So, goodness me, I mean, if there's a ch- there is a chance, but Celtic have a, a, a load of of good players who on the, if on their day play, then Saints won't have a chance. But. Um, when you're going into the old firm, over the years, there's been occasions when they've been vulnerable. Uh, usually Rangers more than Celtic, when they've been struggling and there's uncertainty there, there's a bit of turmoil. 
and uh, the uh, teams have, have taken advantage. So we'll wait and see. With it's absolutely fascinating to see what happens. Thank you, Jim. If you if you knew nothing if you knew nothing about history, if you knew nothing about if you didn't look at it, if you you didn't know who Celtic were and who what Celtic men or St Johnson and their supposed place in the in the pecking order and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. If you just looked at the last few games of football. You at the moment you would say, would you even say St Johnson are a better team than Celtic at the moment, just on on, on how they're playing? Well, I mean, I, I think that you know you, you mentioned Saints unbeaten record there, and I, I don't actually think it, it matters what level of opposition you're playing in, whether it's cups, leagues, or whatever. When you when you are on good form and when you're unbeaten, psychologically, there's a bounce. Um, in your game, there's a bounce about you. There's a bounce about, uh, the, you know, taking the field, taking training, the whole lot, and that that bounce is evident at St. Johnson. It, it, it's a club at the moment that you know th- there's a sense of kind of righteousness about it. Almost everything's going very well indeed. Uh, at Celtic, Celtic are meltdown. I mean, the stuff during the week with the fans uh, outside the the stadium uh, was was pretty grim. Um, everyone's getting in the neck. Lennon's getting in the neck. Peter Law, the chief, uh, the MD, chief executive, come what you will. Dermot Desmond, the, 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 you know, who owns the bulk of the shares uh, in the club, or forty eight percent or whatever as he owns, he's getting the neck. Everyone and the players are getting it in the neck. Um, and I think to a great extent, Ian is right there. There are players who seem to have chucked it for this manager. I mean, we can go back to, you know, his comments after one of the European nights where, you know, he basically slaughtered the players. Very hard to get back from that sort of stuff. He's done it after the Europa as well, hasn't he? Yeah, I, I mean, that, that, that sort of stuff. And, and I hesitate to say the modern game. I mean, you know, we've I regard us, us as having had the modern game since Bosman. Bosman, Bosman broke down the bar, the old barriers when, a, you know, a gym McLean or an Alec Ferguson could kind of you know um, keep guys at the team or or as Fergie once did find a player for overtaking him on the way to training you know <laughs> at Pittori things like that I mean that world is gone the modern pro these guys at Parkhead will be sitting earning 10, 15, 20 grand a week million pound a year contracts in their hipper um, very very hard you know trying to uh, basically wet nurse um, people with big egos and all the rest of it and lots of them patently are not performing therefore um, you know depending what happens uh, against Milan on Thursday uh, Saints uh, Saints could well be meeting Celtic minus a manager um, I, I don't know I mean you know I've, I've heard Dermot Desmond we've heard, everything's relative at every level we've seen it at Dens we've seen it at Tannadice um, we, unfortunately we've not really much, seen much of it at St Johnson but we've seen all the stuff about managers are fighting for the position and the board backs him and all the rest of it the next bad result suddenly the board don't back him anymore because the pressure becomes too intense what's saved Lennon at the moment I think um, is the fact that there's no fans in the ground. That's been a, that's been a, a major factor right throughout Scottish football at the moment. But uh, on form at the moment, Saints are playing really, really well, and frankly, have little to fear going into this game. I mean, if they if they approach the game properly in terms of midfield, we know that you know Celtic on the face of it have a very decent midfield. People like Christie and uh, and Laxalt, Rogic plays in that kind of role in between uh, the midfield and, and the front two usually. But, you know, people like Ajeti and, and Edward, I mean, there are times I look at these guys and I think, how can they be playing for Celtic? I mean, I, I've seen great Celtic sides, I've seen poor ones as well. This at the moment is a poor one. Although man for man, on the face of it, on paper, they still look the best side in Scotland. Um, Gerard is proving that's patently not the case. St. Johnson might well prove it on, on Sunday. Yeah, well, we're going to be jumping about leagues a wee bit here, but I think we should we should speak about Dunfermline while we're, while we're kind of in the context of, of that the, that Betfred Cup tie that's coming up and Ian you were it as you said you were at Gayfield to see 
Dunfermline for the first time this season. What, what, where are their strengths? What are the, what's, what would you say descri- describe this Dunfermline team to us? Well, I can do better than that. I can, uh, I can say what Ryan Dow said is <laughs> their strength, and it's resilience <laughs> when they're under the. We don't want to hear about Ryan Dow. We want to hear about Ian Roach. <laughs> well, on. it's the same thing, really. No, because I did have uh, times in the game when Arbroath were the better side and pushing them back, uh, right at the start, early stages. And then Arbroath got a goal uh, at 2-1 to make it 2-1. And it was a bit rocky, but uh, they the held firm there. there. There is a resilience about Dunferman. But uh, speaking about Dow, what they did was both he and Dom Thomas were the wide players. They got mm-hmm. in behind uh, Arbroath all the time in the first half, completely, you know, after, a, a, a wee, as I say, a, a bit of jittery start, they they were attacking them all the time and they, they deservedly ahead in the game. So, the good tactically, uh, kind of Stevie Crawford won that battle, certainly in the first half. Dick uh, Campbell changed it for Arbroath in the second to counter that, uh, and it worked. Uh, Arbroath were better in the second half, but no, I think there is a strong uh, character amongst uh, Dun- Dunfermline players. I think they are getting a winning mentality, and you just need oh, to look at how are. many wins they have had this season. Nine, 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 yes. nine wins and one draw. I mean, that is, so that is terrific. That is absolutely terrific. As Jim says, you know, it doesn't matter what level you're at. Uh, that is a terrific record, and that will be hard momentum to stop. So that's why I would just caution Saints fans about that thing. Well, you know, this is a good draw, easy, uh, easy draw for us. That's if anybody's thinking that. I'm, I'm not sure they will be, but if they yeah, are, I, I don't think they will coming be coming up against I mean, a good I, side. Yeah, Jim. No, I mean, I, I, I think you're right there, Ian. I, I don't think many Saints fans will be. I mean, I think they'll think they're favourites, but I don't think Saints fans will be going into this thinking, "Oh, this is a this is a breeze." I mean, you've only got to look at the, the kind of results that they've had. I mean, I, I know our both haven't kind of set their on fire this season, the great season last season, but you know, uh, losing three one at, at home to Dunfermline, um, the result against Hearts. What, what, what was terrific, you know. They, they beat they beat Kilmarnock, I think, earlier in the season, didn't they? In the mm-hmm. the, the League Cup three 0 as well. Oh, that I mean, was, they, was you that know, the walkover got, they, one. Yeah, they, that, yeah, they've beaten Inverness three one. You know, there, there's just a kind of, you know, the, 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 there's um there's a strength about this Dunfermline side. I think that, you know, that, that is really quite quite exciting. You know, because they are one, they are one of the big clubs in Scottish football. A really good going Dunfermline will pull in very good crowds indeed. I mean, you know, they're sitting there with much less resources than the likes of a Hearts have got. Um, but, you know, a point ahead of them, five games in, 13 points. Um, you know, it's it, it's been, a, I would imagine even the most ambitious Pars fans would have thought, would, well, wouldn't have thought they'd make this kind of start to the season. It's been a terrific start to the season. And in terms of the kind of, the personnel they've got, they've got guys that look swift, alert, quick on the ball. I mean, I, I just think they look at an excellent side. I mean, to be honest with you, you would take hearts to win that uh, that title at the start of the season. I'm just starting to look at them firmly thinking, could they go all the way? It's it, it's not impossible. Yeah, I mean, Jim, there's there's a dynamic there as well with how the fixtures work out because mm-hmm. that's Dunfermline already beating Hearts at East End. They only mm-hmm. have to go to uh, Tyne Castle the once. Mm-hmm. Now you know because of the the shortened season. Yeah, um, yeah, I believe so. Listen, it's good off the park as well for Dunfermline. They've got the, the they've got the German investment there. Uh, they they turned around a profit and incredibly challenging circumstances. Everybody's struggling, but they they managed to just have a modest profit there. So it's it's good off the park as well. It's a feel you know it's a club that's that feels good just now. So. Um, but what did you yeah, make, Ian? What did you make of you and Murray? He's he's obviously scoring goals as a, as a defender, but 
overall game. He's he's one that you know you would think just he's got a similar he's he's different position, but a similar career path to uh, to Kevin Nisbet. Um, so, is, did he catch your eye? He did, yeah. Uh, mainly because he tapped the ball in from a, a, a yard out, but uh, he was in the right place uh, when the header came back over. Um, so, and his goals record is, is really, really good. So, um, I he was he was strong. He's he's you know he's built like an ox and uh, kind of a leader on the on the park for for Dunfermline. So they've got a lot going for them. They were tested on. Uh, uh, what has to be said was a beautiful day at Gayfield. There was not a, a gust of wind. It was it was terrific conditions, uh, and it suited Dunfermline, and they played quite well. They really did, and deserved to win. T-shirt weather was it, Ian? Yeah, on the. Uh, not quite. No, I think it was only about <laughs> seven layers, though. Seven <laughs> layers of clothes, so that's that's better than normal. Peter Head then Gayfield. You need to start asking questions, really. You do. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I think that Dunfermline side. I mean, they look tight at the back, but Williams uh, coming in and uh, go alone from yeah. Williams uh, looks looks a real kind of rock solid at the back. McManus leading the line. Uh, Tom, Thomas looks a terrific player. You know, he's, uh, and Dow, I've always been a Dowser fan. Um, so you know, there's plenty about them up front and, and at the back they're tight with a good goalkeeper um, it, it, it looks as though it could be a really good season and that's why you know when it comes to kind of Saints Dunfermline I don't think and I don't, I really don't think Saints fans will or indeed the players I think they'll, they'll know their favourites but I think it'll be a very very tight game indeed and just looking at the fixture list for this weekend Ian it's one of those I mean if, listen the whole we want fans back thing is is just it's, it's a given now and we, we don't need to rehearse that again but Throvers doing well against Dunfermline. I mean, uh, that would have been a cracker, wouldn't it? You'd have been, you'd have been putting your hand up to cover that one, wouldn't you? Yeah, it would mean fabulous. Imagine the, imagine the atmosphere would be wonderful, uh, especially because the teams have, have, have had great starts to the season. Um, no, but it's a shame. It really is a shame. We're going to be whoever is is at that game. You're just going to be sitting going. What a what a missed chance! But there's nothing we can do about it. But yeah, it's one of it's one of several this season. I mean, Jim will Jim will be the same. But like say United, Aberdeen, um, that was another one. Saints United, uh, just 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 one of those that you just think. Oh, I wish that I wish there was a crowd in here. Uh, there's been several this season, actually. To be honest. Dundee, Dundee, uh, Hearts, Hearts, Dundee. Hearts, Dundee. Could you imagine yeah, that the yeah. first game of the season? Mm-hmm. That would have been incredible. Yeah, true, true. Well, it's well, maybe, maybe not one of those that you would have thought would have been a an absolutely cracking atmosphere. Livy, Livy United, but it's uh, the United have had their wee break, Jim, and they're they're coming back. They're playing on a, a team that have, I found that a strange, uh, a strange managerial. Well, resignation, if you want to call it, I think it was a mutual part of the ways, whatever it was, with uh, with Gary Holt leaving Livingston. I mean, looking at the their form, they were by no means well, you know, they weren't bottom, and they were, you know, they were picking up results in the in the bet Fred. Mm-hmm. So they were they were struck. They just lost at home to St. Martin in the league, but you know, it was still it still felt like a premature sort of part of the ways that one. But having said that, the last league win was against United. Way back in the start of October, so but they looked they looked very good that night. United looked really really poor that night, so it's all of a sudden, 
you know, there's a wee bit of mm-hmm. wee bit of the unpredictable about them for United on Saturday, isn't there? I think so. And I mean, in midweek they won four 0 against Air United. Air United are no mugs. You know, we know that way. I mean, they're still they've lost a few players, but they're still a very strong strong side, particularly the likes of kind of uh, Moffat and, and Chambers and all the rest of it. But Livingston, you know, it's. I don't know. It's a kind of strange club. I mean, I, f- I found it a strange one. I mean, I, I thought there might have been time for for them to kind of you know hoist themselves up the table a wee bit this season. I mean, I think they're quite a decent side. They're a hard hard drafting side and all the rest of it. I mean, some interesting characters throughout the side, like you know Pittman and Bartley. Um, and Forrest, you know, um, they're not a bad side by any manner of means. So I, you never know the internal and dynamic politics of of, uh, of of clubs like Livingston, Eric. So I kind of wonder what has gone on there. You also wonder about what, what exactly are their ambitions. I mean, their ambitions presumably to stay in the, in the Premiership. They don't want to be back down again. I mean, it's, you know, they're a club from a, a decent-sized community, but with no, no real support. I mean, they play about 1,000 people, 1,200 people maximum. In the very early days when they moved, you know, when they started off in the new town, they were getting very, very good crowds indeed. But, you know, they've kind of, they're almost a wee, wee bit like Hamilton in terms of kind of the support. They live in an area where people are either Hearts, Hibs or Celtic or Rangers fans, and they struggle against that. But actually on the park, um, I would have thought the result against uh, um, Air, you know, you you would just think to yourself, well, you know, if they're capable of beating a, a decent side like Air 4 0, there's a possibility they'll give United a, a, a trouble sometime as well. And as you say, the result of the Tanadies tells you, you know, there's something about them. Yeah, it was probably their United's worst performance of the season, certainly in the, certainly in the league, Ian. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, if you'd said to me that night, that Livingston would go on and uh, have they not won since then? Not, not won in the league since then. Well, no. Apart from apart from recent the, the air game, yeah. Um, that their form would, would tail off. Uh, you would you wouldn't you wouldn't believe that because they were excellent that night. It was a dramatic last minute, last gas winner for them. But um, uh, they were a better team, better team yeah. throughout that night. And United, United were rotten. Um, but I think I think I think United go there in better shape. They've they've, they've picked themselves off the floor. Uh, and they're, they're looking, looking fine, looking strong again. Um, so I just, I don't know why, but I, I just fancy United it's, to to get this, to get a victory down there. It hasn't been a, a happy hunting ground for them. I mean, I'm racking my brains to think of the last time they won there, but certainly there's been there's been numerous uh, oh, disappointments. The playoff was uh, the last one, wasn't the, it? Obviously, yeah, yeah, particularly in the playoff playoff game there. Um, I remember, I remember that too well. Um, so uh, there's been disappointments. Livy have kind of had the upper hand, uh, particularly Gary Holt uh, sides. Uh, he he has a good record against United, so um, I suppose United can possibly take advantage of his his absence now, and uh, hopefully go on and, and and build on the the impressive league position that, that, that they've managed to get into. And uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't bet against United, I don't think they've got enough about them there. To uh, to go down and, and we're still waiting on uh, Lauren Shankland uh, clicking uh, if he starts this week. That'll be fascinating to see if that's the case. So there's a, there's a lot there, but it is a difficult game to predict. But I just I just got a funny without any grounds really. I've just got a, f- a sneaking feeling that United will maybe sneak that one. You have one of them every week, Ian. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I think I've I've got more than a sneaking feeling on it, on this one. I'd say Ian. I, mean, I, I think you know United. I think the expectation levels at Tannadice are, are kind of 
creeping up by the week. I mean, I know the support's kind of split. A lot of people take the view that just, you know, uh, solidifying your position in the Premiership this season is important. You bet, you, no, you, you're going to give us your United for Europe one again, Well, no, that's, that's true. No, no, I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'm kind of, I'm, I'm holding fort on that one at the moment. As, as, the, as the judges used to say in Scotland, they're making avis random on that. I'll give you my view in a, a month or two. But no, I mean, I think, you know, United's league position, the way they're playing, the forum, the quality of, of, of um, player I think they've got, I think means that United should be going to Livingston in the full expectation that they'll bring back at least a point. And I don't see that a win should be beyond them. I mean, I'm fascinated to see um, what Mickey Mellon does do on, on Saturday because Clark... Oh, I was going to say the team. I, th- I think yeah, it's the, I mean, the, the team lines have, uh, are the most intriguing for United in a long time. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you, you've, you've got their, their, their number one asset, Lauren Shankland. Uh, that's assuming nobody comes in for a... Uh, with a bid for Big Benji the goalie, who's who's playing terrifically well, but you know Clark and McNulty, I like the pair, I like the like the look of these two. Um, I think I said McCollum at last weekend. I think the two of them are more mobile uh, th- th- than Shanklin, but Shanklin is goal scorer supreme. Give him the ball and about, give him enough of the ball in and about the box. I mean, I saw some fascinating statistics uh, recently. You know, in terms of kind of you know the heat, you know the heat map you can now get from football where he's finding where he's having to go to find the ball out in the wide having to fair it back 30 yards from kind of, you know, almost to the halfway line to pick balls up. No, that's not his game. That's not uh, Shanklin's game. Um, and that leads you to wonder, you know, is he actually the the, the, the number one pick um, at the moment? You know, we're talking about Stevie May earlier on being the number one pick for, you know, Saints to lead the line. Is Shanklin the number one uh, pick now for, for that lead jersey? Or, or, you know, does it fall to McNulty um, in that McNulty-Clark partnership? Um, we don't know. And, and Clark, I mean, I've always liked Clark as a player. A couple of goals um, last time out. I mean, it's going to be fascinating just to see what what, what does happen and what the psychological ramifications are. Because oh, yeah. the one thing Shankler will not be happy is sitting on the bench. He's, he's not there to... I mean, I think the phrase I used at the weekend is that, that you know, is that people will, will, you know, will look and will buy goal scorers. But you get tyre kickers coming to look at bench warmers, you know, and he doesn't want to be sitting on the bench. I mean, Ian, I don't know about you, but I'm just... You, you just have to... You have to go by... What we know about Mickey Mellon, what we've learned about Mickey Mellon, you know, previous clubs, sort of what he's, what he's, how he's operated with United. I've got a feeling he won't start Shankland. What about you? Yeah, I think, I think, I think you might be right. Um, the reason I say that is the the, the combination between um, McNulty and Clark at both goals. Now, how how as a manager do you look at that Hamilton match and say? I can't, you know, I, I need to leave one of these guys out. He, yeah. he won't. He'll, he'll keep. He'll keep both of them in. Um, and does he? Does he kind of juggle juggle things around to try and fit Shankland in there? I'm not so sure. I mean, it is an away game, even even though it's a winnable game, in my opinion, to a team who's perhaps struggling a bit. Uh, I just don't think you, you overload there. He's he's not a kind of manager that does that. He needs structure to his side. So I think he'll see it as they're the ones in the possession of the jersey and until either either of them don't play well then uh, I think they're there there's a, there's a few times Jim we've gone back to that that podcast which was an intriguing one we did with the, mm-hmm. our friend from from Tranmere and he, he one of the things that stuck out from from that chat was that he said oh listen he 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 does exactly what Ian said there if you've got the jersey and you play well you keep it and reputations mean nothing to him And I think he's, you know, I think what managers always want is, you know, they always want um, a a, a partnership that is working well 
that um, is there for a duration. I, I don't think, most managers don't like to chop and change if they can. They want a settled side. Now, a settled side, if you're winning, if you're playing, if you're not conceding, there'll be a settled central defence or a full-back pairing or whatever, a midfield. And I think that that's eminently true of strikers. Now, bear in mind, once United get this, this uh, it'll be a tough one on Saturday out of the way, they've got a brutal programme coming up. They've got um, Rangers at home, away to Hibs, Kelly, uh, at home, Motherwell, uh, I think that's uh, two in the bounce at home, isn't it? Motherwell as well. Then you've got Celtic away, whoever the managers, and then, then Aberdeen. I mean, these are really, really tough getting then followed by Saints. So United are now into a part of the season where the fixture list is really, really testing, really testing for them. And I think probably Mickey Mellon, the last thing you want is, is Shanklin sitting on the bench and then maybe two, three games in, throwing him into a game where his confidence might be low. You know, he wants to be playing as well. So so unless he can, you know, I don't know, can he find a way of fitting all three in together? Um, it's possible. I don't think so. I don't I think, think so. He did but, do it before, well, didn't he? Did, yeah, did it, tried it at I mean, St. Johnson and it just didn't work, didn't it? It's possible, but I, 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 I doubt it. I don't think he's the type of manager. I think he's a more cautious manager than that. I don't think he's the type to go and play a, a four-three-three, three out and out strikers or something like that. I don't even think Jim. Well. I don't think even the more attack-minded managers would look no. at that three and think that's a three you could blend. You know, the Shank. I mean, let's face it, Shankland and and McNulty are too similar, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Nicky Clark's the different one. Nicky Clark's the wee sort of, the, play, the player that will drop off, you know, and link and all the rest of it. McNulty's quicker, I'd say. He's a, he's a quicker player. Would you, say, player, yeah, would you agree with that, Ian? I've, I've, it's a wee while since I've seen McNulty play in the flesh. Would you say he's quicker than Shankland? Uh, yeah, possibly, yeah. But each player brings brings uh, different different, different qualities to the team, don't they? I just think I just think that uh, Mickey Mellon's sitting this week and, and he's analysing that Hamilton game. I, I don't think he could either leave out Clark or McNulty. So that leaves him with the quandary of either fitting Shankland in or saying to him, I'm sorry, but you'll come on in the second half. But again, you're on the bench and that's a, that's a, that's a problem in itself, isn't it? Because Jim, Jim's exactly right. You know, you've got a player who doesn't want to be sitting there, and he's he's also a player who's needing to score goals for both his club and for his 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 country. Um, you know, his prospects for his country with the Euros coming up. You're coming up to the the transfer window in uh, next month, so it's it's a time when Shanklin wants to be on the park scoring goals. So it will be absolutely fascinating, and it's it's a real headache. It's kind of a good headache. I think that's that's what we'll hear from Mickey later in the week. Aye, um, well, 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 but but it's, so it's sure. a tricky one. It's a tricky one. Yeah. It really is. Ah, that's what he gets paid the big bucks for. Yeah, it does. There we go. Well, Dundee, it was it was another defeat, but Jim, I think uh, they restored a bit of pride, a bit of heart, a bit of fight. So you know. Credit to an extent where it's due for them that that narrow defeat to Hibs at the weekend. Yeah, I, I think so. And I mean, you know, they they, they took four one off Hibs. Now they kind of narrow it down to uh, to one nil. And I think they, you know they made a few changes as well, didn't they? I mean, I think uh, Jakubiak and uh, Afalawi certainly looked good. Apparently, came on the side. And I th- did, did Max Anderson as well? I think it was I think it was four changes in total. I mean, Fontaine was you know in the centre of defence. I think will make a big difference as well. So I think that's. Um, you know that, that was a, a, an impressive result. I mean, you, you never like to, you know, to, to boast about when you lose a game. But I mean, you know, they they they, they go behind just before half time. Murphy goal, but by all accounts, you know, um, have given a good account of themselves and certainly didn't take the something that they took previously when there was a late a late collapse. So the, 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 there is, I mean, you know, stand by this thing. I think there is talent about at Dens Park, and I think it needs organisation. It needs them to win a few games to get a few results. But the problem is the, the pressure is on. 
constantly. You know, I mean, I, I think again, I said in the column last week, you got to be careful what you wish for. I mean, I'm not going to. I mean, I think both you and I said last week, you'd asked us, had we expected, you know, that that um, McPake might go or might be under pressure. And I mean, he's under obviously under pressure. Every football manager is, but I didn't think he would go. And, and I think you know, he certainly bought himself a wee bit more time uh, indeed with that <clears throat> result as well. But for Dundee, Eric, it has to be about league business. You know, it has to be about league business and it has to be um, building towards making a decent challenge either to win that championship. And I have to say that that sounds pretty far-fetched, but certainly to be in the playoffs and we a shout of returning to the Premiership. But looking, you know, looking at the side that, that, that went out there the weekend, Particularly, I think with Fontaine, I think who's a very experienced campaigner and a strong. I was going to say, Jim, the getting the centre half, getting that right, Ashcroft and Fontaine. If that can be a partnership, because let's face it, yes, Dundee last season were transformed by just just by Christoph Berra's presence and and everything and good things happen from that. If these yeah. two, if these two can become a partnership that stays fit, performs well, all of a sudden. And they've got Sean Byrne in front of him, who did very well again at Easter Road, you know, without people dropping on East toes. All of a sudden, you have the spine of a team, and you obviously Charlie Adam potentially pushed a bit further forward. That's right. And you can start to think, okay, you know, we've, we can build a team around this. Getting the keeping that that centre half partnership, staying together, and continuing to improve mm. is absolutely key to them, isn't it? Well, I think when you're not... I, I still worry about the goalkeeping position, I have to say. That's, yes, still, no, it, that's, that's still a, a, an issue. You know, you can have the best central defenders in the world, but I mean, they're having, if they're having to work really, really hard, harder than they should do at protecting a, a goalkeeper um, who kind of lacks confidence or, or, or kind of, you know, judgment or, or, or whatever... Um, and I think that, that you know, what you gain on one hand, you can lose on the other. But things do look, I think, much brighter. You know, in terms of the, the midfield, I think that it's a decent-looking midfield there. You could be act alike as a player. Afalabi, uh, on the occasions I've seen him, looks sharp and, and you know, and, and has a kind of a, a, a bit of appetite about him. McGowan, McGowan kind of, you know, you, you never fought McGowan's effort. And maybe the words, you know, I said last week, have either, you know, upset the dressing room further, but maybe galvanised him a wee bit. It's maybe galvanised them as his hard-hitting stuff uh, the, the other week. So, I mean, suddenly I think things look a wee bit brighter. Um, I always kind of look at the bench and I think, what is there a, a, on a club bench? You know, we talked earlier on about Saints running a smaller side and all the rest of it. <clears throat> I'm never kind of overly optimistic with the kind of the quality of what Dundee can bring in from the bench, despite the fact they've got quite a big squad. Um, but they, they have enough about them, I think, to do much better than they have been doing, Eric. I think much of it has, has been kind of psychological with them to some extent. And, and James McPake's still finding his feet as a manager, although I, I, I did say last week in my column, I didn't think the axe would swing anytime soon. But he does have to start getting it right quicker, you know, uh, rather than, uh, well, sooner rather than later. I mean, listen, Ian, let's not kid ourselves. They're, they're still walking a very, very thin tightrope here, aren't they? Because if if, if they lose to Arbroath on Saturday, it's highly possible, maybe even likely, that they're going to be in the bottom two. So, I mean, that, if that's not a sobering thought and motivation for them on Saturday, I don't know what is. Yeah, it's a, it's a very sobering thought indeed. Uh, Arbroath are kind of due a win as well. Um, yeah. They haven't started well, so you've mm. got two teams that are really looking to really looking to get that victory. I think it's a must win for for Dundee. Um, you, you spoke about, I think Jim spoke about United's schedule. I think Dundee are then after this game they're way to Inverness, 
and then Dun- Dunfermline at Dens. Mm-hmm. So by that, that that's before Christmas. So you're looking at you're looking at this. Suddenly, all the games come thick and fast, and and as you say, Eric, the the, the league position is extremely concerning. So I think I think we're looking for as far as Dundee are concerned, it has to be three points. It really does. A, a, a draw, an unlucky draw, no, or anything that's not good enough. Do. It's do, absolutely mm-hmm. has to be three points. Now you get you get shot down a lot by managers. Oh, is this a must win? Oh no, every game's important. Well, I'm sorry, but this one. Uh, in my opinion, is an absolute must win for Dundee and for mm-hmm. James McPake, I think. Uh, one thing I would say about the Hibs uh, game is, I think the significant thing is what it wasn't. And it wasn't a collapse. It wasn't a capitulation. It was a, it was a battling performance. And considering what had gone on all the, the off-field stuff, all the comments from their players and even the manager himself, uh, that has to be seen as a positive. But uh, it, it could all be forgotten about pretty quickly if things go wrong on Saturday. I'm not predicting they'll go wrong on Saturday, but this Dundee will have to absolutely earn this victory. It'll have to be every minute they'll have to fight for every ball because because Arbroath will make them make it hard for them. They really will. And shouldn't be yeah. underestimated. They won't be underestimated. Uh, that's one thing McPeak certainly never does. Uh, is underestimate the opposition, but it's a tricky one. And then, and then, as I say, they're into, they're into this festive schedule after that, really, and it's it's just getting tough. Well, there's only a win between the two of them, Ian. You know, so they're both yeah. one sitting on two points. They're both win. They go level with Dundee on, on five points. I mean, if Dundee, let, let, let's say, you know, Dundee win it, which I, I, I agree with you. They need to win this. They, they go to eight points. If Dunfermline win their game against Ray, if they're on 16, they're still eight points behind. If Dunfermline and Hearts both win, um, you know, at the weekend, Dunfermline go to 16 points. If Dundee don't win, there's an 11 point gap between them and Dunfermline, you know, and, 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 you know, and 10 between them uh, and Hearts. So, you know, at that stage, already you're starting to say the the season's gone. And and I mean, you know, I I did suggest at the weekend, one or two of my my Dundee mates kind of bizarrely agreed with me on it. I I said, the the danger is here that they've gone from a position where we thought early on Dundee would be chased promotion to looking as though they might actually end up fighting relegation. Now, I don't think they will. Um, but they do have some tough fixtures coming up. And, you know, after those two we've talked about, I think they're away to Queen of the South. Never a particularly happy hunting ground. Yeah, are, um, yeah. So yeah. The, the, these are, you know, there's two or three fixtures coming up. Four, if you, if you count the one starting that are both on, 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 on Saturday at Dens, could absolutely define the season um, in terms of how good or bad it's going to be. And it is, we've got to keep saying this, it's early start, it's early in the season, yeah, but it is a truncated season. It's a shortened season, so you really need to be off to a much better start than, than they've made. And although I said I don't think the the axe will fall on James McPake soon, um, soon, soon is open to interpretation. It's a bit like the Neil Lennon thing. We've all seen it. A manager's safe until suddenly the very next game and he's not safe any longer. The biggest thing that often saves a manager is who do you go for? Who do you replace him with? And, and and I think that's 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 the issue which often uh, extends a manager's shelf life uh, beyond you know um, beyond the sack. Uh, at the moment, I think there's still a fighting chance for Dundee, particularly with what we just talked about. You know the the addition of the new players and they looked a bit brighter. And against the Hibs side, that are much better than anything they'll face in the Championship. But they've got to start putting the points on the board and putting the ball in the net. My my worry, Ian, is that I just think when when things when there was such serious, let's face it, such serious question marks over over the sort of, you know, the intangibles about the mentality of that squad that, that were, you know, that Paul McGowan put out there. 
they go into a game against Hibs and I think that was a sort of it was a no pressure game for them almost because you know they're expected to get beaten you know you get a moral victory out of just basically sort of you know sort of looking at having a bit more about you and a narrow defeat and all of a sudden that that's no preparation for the the pressure to get absolutely cranked up to the max for a game like this against our growth it, it's almost it almost sort of not kids you on is not the right phrase it just sort of parks the pressure a game like a game like the Hibs one and then they're thrown back into this when they're playing a team that's going to be absolutely up for it to the to the nth degree and question marks will be questions will be asked again of the character and the sort of the fortitude all these things about that team it's it's a totally it's it's nothing like it's this game is going to be nothing like the one they faced on Saturday would you agree Ian? Absolutely agree Absolutely, couldn't put better myself. Uh, really, uh, and you have what you what you don't want uh, for Dundee is any kind of setback. Now, there's no any fans in the ground, but I, I think I think that won't matter as far because if things start going against them on the pitch, then you're into the, the doubts set in. But listen, the mindset at Dens. Oh, they is, know, even though fans aren't actually shouting, they know, don't they? They know what people are thinking of them. Yeah, they know. They know they're all sitting. They're all know they're all sitting there going, "What goodness me, what's happening here?" Now, the mindset at Dens all week will be positive, positive, positive. But that's until a deflected goal or something for our growth and they're one nil mm. down. So they have to. They have to. Uh, almost in training, they'll have to. What I would do is I would have them almost thinking that they're behind by a goal and yeah. training. How do we get back? Dealing with pressure situations because that's exactly what this game is. And don't be kidded by our Bruce League position because they've hit the post um, proverbially really this season on many occasions. They've had, they've had some close run results um, including almost almost Saturday. I think they were never out of the game. So they're, they're not a poor team and they're, they're as desperate for, for the points as Dundee are so it's, it's, a, it's a real challenge and it is, it is about the mind almost as much about the, 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 the bodies uh, I think this, this weekend Dundee will have to handle this properly and by that that means dealing with any setbacks at all that happen in the match and, and, and keeping keep carry on just stay calm and hopefully the quality that they do have in their team will get them over the line uh, in the end yeah well well, it's, it's it's absolutely absolutely intriguing match, Jim, isn't it? It really is. I, I think so. I mean, I think Ian's right there. I mean, you know, our both have made a poor start to the season, but I think see any side that, that you know, the, 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 the Dundee will be expected to to you know take the game to our both. It's it's home pitch and all the rest of it, home advantage. Um, they're the full time side, but any side that's got the likes of Swanky in the wide, Big Donnelly playing up front, you know. A Hilson or a Lynn or a Doolan who all who all came off the bench, didn't they? I think yeah, uh, yeah, any, any side that carries that kind of potential threat is a danger. You know, hitting you on the break. I mean, there's still a bit of pace there. Bobby Lynn's still smart at the park. He, he delivers a you know a very good um, cross ball. Doolan, we all know about very decent player. I like Hilson as well. Um, Swanky Don't like there's a lot of threat. I mean, if, if you kind of sense of our growth, what they're needing is, is a win just to kind of really kick start the season, and it's entirely possible that it could come. 
uh, at Dens because there is quality about our growth. And and I, I hate to use this old managerial phrase of they'll be hurting, but they will be hurting because they're a much better side, our growth, than their current league position shows. Well, we'll just finish off with uh, last, I think last week or possibly the week before where we were talking about sort of fringe candidates that could come into Scotland Reckoning and Ryan Gold, one, one of our one of our one of our own, mm-hmm. we mentioned him, I think quite rightly so, doing very well at Portugal. Another name that's cropped up again recently, because and again, for good reason, he's, he's playing very well by all accounts, sorted his life out, still in the peak years of his career, all the pedigree you could wish for. Stephen Colker, he's in the, I think, I think he's Turkish side, a, a top of the league, somebody will correct me if I'm wrong, but anyway, he's, he's proved to be a very, very important player out there. I knew, we all knew about his his Scottish connections, and it's been mentioned in the past. But you know, Ian is is, is Stephen Colker a realistic late runner for uh, catching Steve Clark's attention? Well, maybe he should be looked at. Uh, I would say. What did you make of him first of all when he was at Dundee? You could see I there was a. Like, I mean, obviously oh, physically, oh, yeah. you could just see that he was a. <laughs> he had everything to be a top quality centre half, didn't he? And, and clearly had the pedigree as well. On the pitch, it was absolutely fine. I uh, covered a Dundee trip to, I think it was uh, Portugal, uh, and he ended up he ended up going home from that. He meant to be injured, I think. Um, so the 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 problems haven't been his ability, have they? But you're right. He, 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 he maybe is worth a look. I think I think uh, that uh, Steve Clark will. Have a have a list of people who are just outside the, the the squad just now, including Gold. It has to be said, and I think he I think he will take a look at all these people, and and uh, if Colker Colker might be one of them, and uh, there's been no doubt at all. Anybody that's actually seen him play, he he, he stands, you know, he, he's almost a level above there, and uh, it's just a case of his fitness, his his approach, his. All that, if all that's in place, and you've got a very good player on your hands. Yeah, Jim, you can't. I mean, you can't be sniffy about a guy that's playing in a, a top Turkish team, and by all accounts, playing very well in a top mm. Turkish team. I just think that well, we need to keep the, the our eyes open, <clears throat> Eric. You know, I and we saw Big Andy Considine coming to Scotland squad at, at what thirty three, Andy, and mm-hmm. but we we knew we knew Andy's abilities because we saw him week in week out, at, 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 you know, all over Scottish football. We knew the kind of character he was, rock solid, dependable, one club man. I just look at the list of clubs that um, that Cocker has had, and it, it's pedigree. You know, England under nineteen and England under twenty one caps, and all the rest of it. A full one full cap, I think, for England. Um, you know, you're looking at a player that he had ability, there's no doubt about that. Although I have to say, I wasn't as impressed with him at Dens as I thought I would be. First couple of times I saw him, I thought he looks a real player. But I just kind of, you know, he never absolutely um, set it alight for me, you know. And I mean, he never, never strolled through games um, in the way I'd expect a guy with that supposed quality to do. But I mean, I just look at the, you know, I mean, he's been everywhere, you know, he, he's been all over. English football is now at a, a, a lanyard sport, um, and he's playing very well for them. And I think he's been a regular on the team and all the rest of it. I just kind of sense that at this stage, it's you know with a relatively settled squad, looking for one or two individuals to come in. Maybe I just think it's it's a gamble that's not worth taking. I don't think he's well. I th- I think Clark's going to be. I don't think he's going to make many changes. Full stop. I think you know you're you're pretty much. Yeah, probably not going to see somebody come from left field just on bat purely because, as much as anything, the fixture list that Scotland have got in a normal in a normal season there would be there'd be friendlies. 
you know, in the build-up to a, a championship finals. But Scotland are going to be going into World Cup qualifiers. So is is Clark going to be taking, you know, the chance just to have a look at people's, maybe in the squad, I suppose, but is he going to throw them into games? We'll see. But you, you never know. I mean, we're, we're speaking about this without having having seen him play. I think it's, it's certainly, as Ian says, it's certainly worth certainly worth the trip. If this, mind you, that's not easy these days, is it? So that, that's the other problem that Steve Clark's got. Steve Clark has got, of course. But listen, that one's for another day. But he's one of these characters again, isn't he? You know, as soon as, as soon as people mention him, everybody's got an opinion about him, haven't they? But it'd be nice to see if he does change a few opinions because a lot of these problems were lifestyle ones, weren't they? And and sort of off-field issues. But yeah, it's. Uh, I think I'm probably on balance. I think I'll be the same as you, Jim. I don't expect to see him in the in the Euro squad. Put it put it that way. Anyway, we'll see who emerges next week. We'll maybe uh, we'll maybe need to start talking up Stevie May for Scotland, Stevie. <laughs> after he gets a hat trick, he gets a hat trick. He's got a better chance than Stephen Cocker. Oh, there we are. That's, there's the headline. You saved the Jim. Good you've one got a last. better chance than Stephen Cocker. <laughs> <laughs> Take your right enough at the minute, Ian. <laughs> right. Cheers, guys. We'll be back next week. Thank right, you very much for boys. listening. <laughs> bye bye. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.